Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Well, hopefully you've had a good week. Nice and warm, isn't it? It's, uh, but it's summer. You know, it's funny when you hear all about the heat waves and records being broken and you think, well, it's been summer in Australia like this for generations, hasn't it? And uh, so it's not that sensational. Nothing's ever as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems. And uh, you hear the mainstream media, they'll keep banging on about every climate record that's been broken. But, and I'm not completely against that, but my goodness, it's summer. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't want to talk about that today. Don't even get me started, please. But um, however, I, I want to talk about something that, that I've been thinking on for the last, well, really the last year or two, particularly in our, in our global climate. But lately I've been reading a book, and I actually recommend this book, uh, funnily enough, by Dr. Jordan Peterson, some of your followers. He's written a book called 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. And um, very smart guy, very astute uh, leader and in today's society we need some astute learned leaders right and uh, so he uh, speaks a lot about truth and he speaks a lot about things that in today's society we are believing that just aren't factual and so uh, in fact he's got a sellout tour around Australia I couldn't buy tickets I tried a week or two ago couldn't buy tickets so if anyone wants to donate their tickets Brian then you're welcome to Um, but uh, And I'm not preaching about him today, but I'm pointing towards society as a whole. And I've called this, don't be moved by those who blur the lines. Don't be moved by those who blur the lines. There are many people in today's media and popularity stakes that are trying to blur the lines. And I believe this is a tactic of the enemy right back to the Garden of Eden. When we read in the book of Genesis, right back at the beginning, we can see the enemy comes as a deceiver. And another way to deceive is to bring confusion or question the truth. And that's what the snake did, the serpent did via Satan, and he came to bring questioning of truth, questioning of God's truth, questioning via deception. And it's one of the enemy's tactics that he's still doing to this very day. He's bringing questions. He's blurring lines of truth, things that, I mean, you know, and I'm sure many of you have thought this, if your grandparents were still alive today, and I know some of you, a lot of that's true, but let's just go with the story. If they were still alive today and they could see what society has become, they would literally scream. What what today we allow and believe and see and say and can't say, it's just absolutely out. It just blows your mind, doesn't it? But this is blurring of the lines. This is the enemy's tactic. And we can rise above it when we can see how he operates. Because he's a deceiver and he's a liar and he will bring confusion wherever he goes. And so we can see that in today's society, we can see confusion, confusion. See, if the enemy can't outright win, then he'll just bring a little bit of truth with a little bit of a lie and he'll mix it together and it brings confusion. So you'll often hear people say things that actually your your brain will go, well, factually, I know that's true, but morally, I know that is dead wrong. 
And so there, there are, there's questioning that we need to have in our own hearts today. And I want to just elaborate on this a little bit to uh, bring clarity to any blurred lines, but also because all of us, every single one of us who believe in Jesus Christ are called to be those who bring truth truth to our society, to people around us. Sometimes it's going to mean people are going to look at you and call your names and say all sorts of things. Well, this is what George Orwell predicted, isn't it? For those of you who've read, I, I got put through that book at school, Southern Vials. I still remember the teacher, boring book, 1984. And I remember reading it thinking, oh, what, what relevance could this have to life? And here we are, prediction after prediction after prediction coming to pass. Let me read something he said many, many, many moons ago. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And this is what we're seeing in today's society, isn't it? That's why I quote Jordan Peterson. You can hear many, many other voices who aren't necessarily born-again believers. He's not a professing born-again believer necessarily, but he's speaking a whole lot of truth. And he uses a lot of biblical analogies to bring out why society is in the chaos that it's currently in, because truth no longer is truth. You can't necessarily believe scientific facts anymore in, in case it offends someone. So you wipe away with all the truth just to appease someone. I remember watching a, a movies over the years. You know, there was one called Gadiger. I don't even know if it's relevant or even safe for people to watch, but I remember watching it, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and it was a futuristic one, futuristic one, and uh, where everyone is completely uh, dominated and controlled by the, by the state, by the government, if you like, and they're not allowed to say and do anything outside of the political realms. They, they take a tablet every day to, to make sure they've got their nutritional thing. They're not allowed, they, they take injections and everything is formularized by the government so that we have a set society that all looks the same, sounds the same, can't offend anyone, can't say anything. And, and back then that was a prophetic movie, but we can actually see in today's society, if we keep crushing freedom of speech, then that's where we're going to end up. And anyone who doesn't fit into that form, then you're going to be cast out. You'll be outside of the box and you're going to be a radical and something's going to happen to you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, we've got it up on the screen. Paul says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Now, I didn't pick this verse to be politically incorrect. But isn't it funny that I have to even say that? I have to even say that. The Word of God says, act like men. Now, of course, we know if we've been around a little while, we know God is not a chauvinist. He doesn't dislike females versus males and vice versa. He actually has a nature of both inside of his heart. And what he's saying here, Paul is saying, because he's in a very, very uh, male-dominated society, so he's talking the current day language so that they would understand, which is contextualized. But if we look at it in today's language, it says, stand firm and be strong. Don't waver in your faith. Be on the alert. I think be on the alert could also be interpreted, listen to what's going on around us. We can't just bury our heads in the sand in the, in the West and, and be politically ignorant, socially ignorant, and just be ignorant to everything that's going on around us. We just can't. However, we need to be able to filter that information and filter that society and then put it through something. 
And this is, the, this is the blurry line that I'm seeing today, even in Christianity. It's what filter do we now put things through? What is the ultimate filter of life? What is the ultimate filter so that we know what is the essence of truth? And that's the question that I'd love just to be whirring around in, in your head this week. What is the essence of truth? What is the essence of truth? Because when we dig into some of these questions that are going on around us, you can see it. If you, if you watch anything or follow anything, you can just see, wow, that, that is really interesting. I want to read you a quote and see what you think of this one. It's a very famous lady who said this, very successful, the richest woman alive, I believe, Oprah Winfrey. And she says, what I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we have. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we have. Now, if we put that up on TV in front of an audience in the city of Adelaide, thousands of people would cheer that. Oh, Oprah, Oprah, everything Oprah does and says is just gold. She, she's been through tough times in her life and look at her now. We've got to be careful because we can easily get swept up in the sensational hype of the modern area of popularity and we can forget about truth. What she said there is absolute rubbish because if you think about it, your truth might be different to my truth. Well, what do we have then? We have chaos. <laughs> we have wars. We have global strife because one truth is not the same as another's truth. And you look at there's over 7 billion people. All of us have little bits of truth, little scatterings of truth. And if we all are so powerful and the most powerful tool that we have is our truth, we are in for some trouble. I mean, seriously, Jesus, come back now, please, because it's going to be on all over the world. You've got all these religions believing their truth is right and kill anyone who, who doesn't believe the same thing. There's a third world, third world war, and I don't think we're going to survive a third world war, to be honest, if you look at the amount of nuclear weapons around and what they can do. But if you think about this stuff, so much is said in the name of being popular, being famous out there, and we, we look at this stuff and sometimes we lap it up. And even Christianity, we've, we've sometimes lapped it up thinking, oh, yeah, now that's incredible. And, and, you know, and I celebrate when you hear that a movie star or a singer is a Christian as well. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, Jesus. But, but we're not just begging Hollywood to finally get a Christian planted in Hollywood who can finally preach the gospel to Hollywood. I'm not hanging out for that because generally they'll let you down. They'll make a movie where there's stuff in it that you think, well, there goes their faith or there goes that proclamation of the gospel. So our faith is not even in the proclamation of good things through supposedly influential people. It's actually through us. It's actually through us. Born again Christians like you and me. And that's why Paul is saying to us, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. The essence to truth is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Truth is not what's popular. Truth is not the best-selling Christian book. 
Truth is not the biggest church. Truth is not the most popular theology of the day. Truth is not just our likes and our dislikes. Truth is not what makes us feel good. Truth is not all the different followers of certain movements. And I mean, you know, you, if you've been around for a decade or two, I'm sure you've followed various even Christian movements. And it's like, oh, now this is the right way to do this. And, you know, I remember when we, when we no, I won't go there. It's weird. Um, anyway, um, but you know, you're with me, right? If you've been around for a little while, there's so many fads in church. And now this preaching, now this style or this emphasis, there's the latest revelation. No, it's not. It's not. It might be a bit of a new emphasis for us, but it's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. Everything, same, yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. Sometimes we get a revelation or an emphasis. That's good for us. But we don't have to proclaim to the world that this speaker is now the ultimate, unless it's about me. <laughs> You're allowed to, okay? I'm absolutely joking in case anyone takes that off the podcast, puts it up there, and requotes me on that. Just, you got to be really, really factual these days, don't you? I know myself. I haven't got it all. I need, I need to listen and read the Word of God, hear God's voice for myself. I know my own weaknesses. And if I know my own weaknesses, then I know every other pastor's weakness too. Believe me, we're not as good as we say we are. <laughs> we haven't got it all together. Ask Karen. <laughs> Doubts, fears, anxiety, stress, worry. Are we doing this right, that right? All those same things. It doesn't matter how popular but the more rigorous we can become in Christ, the less we're going to waver. That's why Paul says, stand firm. Stand firm in your relationship with Him. Stand firm in your knowledge of the Word of God. Stand firm in the faith. The faith in what? The faith in Christ. The faith in Him. The knowledge of Him, His Word, His truth, His life. I believe that truth is what I'm going to call the modern day dilemma. See, the war could almost be fought physically and tactically and using munitions and stuff like that. It could be fought on that. But right now we're seeing in the West, and it's filtering over into developing nations as well, a war on truth, a war on truth, a war on truth. And I, I wish I had the formula to be able to speak the truth in love perfectly so that it doesn't offend anyone. But do you know what? If we follow our master, Jesus Christ, he didn't even have that formula. Some people are looking for that, you know. Even church leaders are looking for that. I don't want to offend anyone. If you're going to speak truth, you're going to offend. Someone is going to be on the other side of the fence. And we need to be careful. We need to be wise. We need to know what we're saying and we need to be educated and we, know, we need to know how we're saying it. However, when we stand on the gospel of Christ, many, many, many men and women, even at this very moment, are losing their lives because of that. Why? Because it offends someone else. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands have died because they stood for truth. It may one day be the case that in Australia, we have to have the, I'll say guts, but there's another thing for it. Especially men need to have the guts to be able to stand up and speak the truth. Most of you know that we, um, 
we bought another farm and we're going to set up a health retreat there. One of the things we're going to do from there is I'm going to run some men's gut-wrenching camps. I mean it. I mean it. We're, we're, hey, you, I'll sign you up, Chris. You're coming. <laughs> Three days of no sleep, no eating, <laughs> 20Ks a day running. You're in. No, we're going to have three days where we are going to follow the Word of God and be men. We're not going to be wimps. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to go physically like you never have before. And we're going to reach a level of something that will push us to discover our godly manhood. It's so needed in our society. It's so needed. And Karen can do one for women too. See, all all the wives are clapping. What is that? The, the gut or is something? Something's going on. But there's such a need in our society for men to know it's okay to be a man. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in your manhood. Stand firm in your godliness as the leader of a household. Dare I say that? It's scriptural. See, so many things that the Bible says will offend the world. It doesn't mean we have to tout them and smack people in the face with it, but we've got to know inwardly who we are. There's some things you keep in-house and there's some things you release out of house, right? The in-house things is the really, really rigorous, raw truth that we need to remind ourselves about. And that's where, this is the incubation room where we teach and we train and we learn and we understand and we, and we, and we spur one another on. And it's, it's that place, this is the house. Now, unfortunately, in modern era, you've got video and podcasts so everyone gets to hear it. But the point of it is that we take responsibility for what we do in here. And then when we go out into the world and when we into the marketplace and into other areas of influence, that should be demonstrated. And so that's, I believe, one of the parts of the body of Christ coming together. The modern day dilemma. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9 says this. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. We're not alone. Free speech is under fire in the world today. Free speech, freedom of religion, etc., etc. It's absolutely under fire. We need to be a praying, 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 active community. Write to your politicians. Get active. If you've ever held back from stepping into that arena, now's the time. This year, this election, speak to people, sign whatever you need to support great godly leaders who are in the political arena and, the, and the, that stage because we as the church need to have a voice and we need to have a righteous voice and we need to not shrink back. Paul says that, don't shrink back. Now's the time to rise up. Now's the time to speak up. And we don't have to be angry. We don't even have to petition. But I'm telling you, it's influential when we rise up in who we are and we speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. And we say, hey, love you. Love what you guys are doing. And, you know, you might pick one or two things that a certain MP is actually doing really good. Love the new park down at Hallett Cove or whatever it is. Give them some endorsement. Let them know you're not just attacking them as a person. But then you speak the truth in love. Say, hey, listen. I believe some things that are going on in that area or things that you're voting for, I don't agree with and here's why. And you don't have to hammer them. You don't have to get all weird and hyper-spiritual on them, but just get real because the Bible is the compass of life. It's the compass of life. Without the Word of God, we're going so far astray. 
We need the Bible, the Word of God. We need to know it and we need to quote it to ourselves. It's the only real antidote to chaos. Now, Jordan Peterson doesn't quite come to the same conclusion as what I just did, but he's a very smart man and you'll enjoy listening to him or reading his book because he throws up so many interesting uh, hypotheses and issues about today's society. And it makes you think. It makes you think. Stand firm. Be alert. Be on guard. Ephesians 6.10 says, Put on the full armour of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The enemy is prowling round like a lion, seeking who he can devour. That's his aim, is to bring you down. If you've ever wondered why things haven't always worked out, point to the enemy. Point to the enemy. Now, if it's just because your shoes didn't fit, it might be you. But if life keeps throwing curveballs, curveball after curveball, either you're getting something really wrong or we have an enemy or maybe both. So we've got to pull on, put on the full armour of God so that we can stand against his schemes, his fiery darts, his lies, his accusations, his depression, anxiety, stress, all the pressure that he puts on us to have to be something in today's society. A lot of that stuff is a whole load of rubbish because if we know we are sons and daughters of the Most High, then we know we already have access to the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. And when you know you're a son or daughter and you've been adopted, you're not striving for acceptance and adoption anymore because the Father loves you. The Father loves you. And He's looking down on you as a son and a daughter, not as an orphan, not as someone who, who's always getting it wrong, but He's cheering you on. He's cheering you on to your best. And so He's right behind you. And when we put on the full armour of God, and as you'll know, it's kind of a soldier's outfit, the armour of God. But it symbolises different things. So you might want to read the rest of Ephesians 6 and you'll find where those things marry up. And they're very powerful things because if you look at the, the areas they protect, they're really the life-giving areas of the body, of the human body. But spiritually, they relate to something very powerful. The fact that we do have weapons, spiritual weapons that work. They work. The shield of faith works. Sword of the Spirit works. And so we've actually been given truth, which is not our truth, as a celebrity might say, but it's God's truth. I used to get told off when I was younger for saying struth all the time. Struth. It was just a saying at the time. I don't, I don't know. We kind of liked saying it. And lo and behold, years later, you, you learn that that actually means God's truth. Well, what's wrong with saying that, mum and dad? Come on. <laughs> By the way, I've sacked dad from coming back ever again because he prophesied to our people, you're going to jump out of the boat, and then they do. <laughs> so dad's sacked. I hope you liked him. <laughs> random is good, isn't it? You okay with random? All right. I'm going to just wrap this thing up. John 8.32 says this. And remember this one. John 8.32. I haven't got it up there. Sorry. It's very simple. It says, Then you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. If you've ever been confused by today's society, the, the noise out there and the confusion and the blurry lines, blurry lines as to sexuality, blurry lines as to gender, blurry lines as to marriage, blurry lines as to climate change, blurry lines as to whatever else issue you want to look at in life, there's often a little bit of truth in there. Often a little bit of truth in there, but sometimes it's mixed with a whole lot of sensationalism. And so we've got to be so wise, wise as serpents, gentle as doves. I don't, haven't got that gift, okay? I haven't got that gift, I, I admit it. But I'm aiming for wisdom. I pray for it every single day. More wisdom, more wisdom. Because we as believers need to be very, very wise with our influence, and I believe God wants to give us more and more influence as the times get darker and darker. And hey, whatever you believe about the future, none of us really know anyway, so we're all making the best of it. But at the end of the day, we know we are the light of the world because the light is in us. And so we're the ones who actually carry the truth now. Not the truth about a political party or, or an ideology, but the truth about life and death. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't really matter what we've done or what we haven't done, what we believe or what we say. But do we have Christ as our compass? Do we believe in the truth about life? It's interesting we spend so much time uh, talking and consuming ourselves with different, different beliefs and even different slants on Christianity. And sometimes I, I think God must just sit up there and laugh at some of the random things we come up with. And the self-righteousness in this is right and that's right. And, and I often think of two theologians, and I love them both. But one believes in Arminianism and one believes in Calvinism. And they're kind of polar opposites in, in some of their thinking. And so I think, well, they're both going to heaven. Tick. They both believe in Jesus. Tick. And see, what happens is you get closer and closer and closer to what really matters when you start to tick the boxes, don't you? And you'll see that throughout life, different opinions, different, you know, I mean, I'll always laugh at John MacArthur, the, the great biblical expositor and help, you know, translate the NIV Bible and a man of God. But he can't stand Bethel or Bill Johnson or half of his, his theology. And he's open about that. He holds whole conferences against this. And I watch this and go, what a waste of time. What a waste of money. Because we're not meant to be fighting each other. We're meant to be standing for the truth. And the truth is that God the Father loves us so much and we were failing miserably because we are totally depraved. I completely believe that without the grace of God. And then all, at some season in his heart, he decided, I've got to save this world, so I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to send them a message to say there is hope. You don't have to offer sacrifices and try in and of your own strength anymore. I'm going to send a piece of myself, Jesus Christ, who's going to come and declare to this world the hope of the future. And he's going to direct the whole world, Jews and Gentiles, all across the world. Everyone now has access to God the Father through Jesus Christ, that all would be one. And all we have to do is believe in that message and we have eternal life. It's John 3.16. It's, it's Christmas in a cup, as a movie says. You know, it's just beautiful. But anyway, that's, that is very random, I know. <laughs> anyway. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? Well, let's summarize it in a good way. If God is for us, 
who can be against us? It doesn't matter how big they are, how much money they've got, how much plastic surgery they've got, how much anything else they've got. If God is for you, no one can be against you. It doesn't mean we're arrogant. It doesn't mean we're stupid and unwise. But it means we know who we are and we know who's in us. And we know that the ultimate truth of life and death, that's worth fighting for. And it is worth fighting for. And some of us in this room, maybe in, the ne- in this generation, the next generation, we may be ones who are called to actually speak truth and we might pay for it. We might pay for it. It's happening in today's world right now. It's happening all around the world, actually, and sometimes we forget that. But there's many, many in Iraq and Syria and uh, Egypt and other nations around the world who are paying the ultimate price, India and China right now. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a hot pan right now in China for Christians, underground church Christians. And so we be wise, but we remember that ultimately if we lose truth, we lose everything. If we lose truth, we lose everything. I want you to stand this morning. Thanks, guys. Yeah, just lift your hands. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you that you've enlightened us, not with man's enlightenment, but with your truth of your heart. That you are real, you are all powerful, you are all knowing, you are all present. And if you are with us, who can be against us? So Lord, we silence the enemy, we silence the accusations. Lord, we ask that you would tear down strongholds all around us, even in our city, even in our nation. And Lord, that you would help us rise up in the truth of the knowledge of God. Lord, that you stand with us, that no one can be against us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to rise up in your righteous strength, to know when to speak and when to be silent, when to do something and when not to do something. You give us wisdom as influential believers. You would enlarge our territory, enlarge our territory into this city and across this nation. Lord, that the truth would be heard in bolder and bolder ways, that even some of us, you would raise us up with great influence, great influence in this nation. And Lord, that you would set us on fire with love for you and love for truth. And you would give us favour and influence. And Lord, we pray blessing on those who curse us. We pray blessing on those who don't even understand what we're talking about. And we ask, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on this city, on this nation in great ways. Lord, we ask you to come and do things we can't do. We ask you to come and and pour out your spirit. Breathe on our city with your goodness and with your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.